0: Welcome to another edition of A Personal Trainer's Guide to Wealth Creation. It's our number one best-selling book, and uh, this is the podcast we're going to cover on why is it important to use direct debit. I'm joined with Brad Shepard. Aloha. So, Brad, I'm going to kick right off, um, but I'm going to throw a bit of a curveball at you. You've got no idea this is coming, but I've got a question for you, mate. If you were going to join the circus, what would you perform?
1: (laughs) Uh, I would definitely have
0: to say it would be juggling. Juggling, there yeah. you go, mate. I've seen you trying to eat, so that would be a mean task to, to <laughs> for you to be able to pull that off. So, juggler, I'd be a clown for sure, and that's a giveaway. Um, we're going to get into the seriousness of this uh, podcast today. We're going to rip right in for about thirty minutes. So, Brad, I guess the first thing um, in our seminars and uh, when we're doing a little one-on-one consultations, mm. uh, you know, people really ask us what's the importance of you know direct debit, why should we use it in our business?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Look. Um, I guess right from the outset, my big, big piece of advice to everybody listening to this is direct debit. You've got to have it in your business. It's an essential component, and um, I guess it still, you know, I guess it still surprises me a bit that a lot of people aren't haven't been using it, haven't cottoned onto it. But uh, the big tip right from the outset is you really need to you really need to put it into your business. Why do you need to put it into your business? Well, quite simply, it streamlines and automates absolutely everything um, on that financial side of it. So I'm going to speak about, I guess, the two different types of um, billing or how you would bill people. If we go back to some of the old school methods, um, if you were just to exchange time for money, someone rocks up, they pay you $50, you train them for a session, you get the $50 note, you put it in your pocket. Um, typically what can happen is you can walk away and that $50 can get quite easily spent and disappear. Um, on the next level, if they were to buy the old school ten pack style, same thing, they rock up, and this time you've decided um instead of charging fifty bucks a session, you're going to charge them four hundred and fifty to give them a discount because they're paying for ten up front. So you get the money, you've got the cash in your hand, you think beauty ripper. you take off and then all of a sudden bills come and um, then boom, you've um the, that four hundred and fifty's gone. Not to mention the fact that there's a chance that you might not have correctly calculated all the necessary expenses like GST and tax and so forth. And so, you know, right from the outset, that, in my opinion, is a very loose way to to run a a business and an organisation. But probably the big thing is that when you're selling 10 packs or 6 packs or whatever it is that you're selling, is that your cash flow gets um, massively put out of whack. So you get this injection of income. And then all of a sudden now, for if you're training this client once a week, for the next 10 weeks, you've got to service that client. So the money can come in at, uh, uh, from the outset, and then you've got the money, you spend it, bills come in or whatever, and then before you know it, three weeks down the track, you f- sort of feel like you're training that client for free, basically. Not only that is the worst bit about selling packs, in our opinion, is that you, um, you get to the end of it and you've got to resell it. So we get you've got to have that conversation with somebody and go, okay, well, how are we going to continue this relationship? And from the client or end user perspective, there's a chance that they might be just viewing this as a short-term thing. Oh, yep, I'll take a 10-pack and then they get to the end of that 10-pack. Oh, look, I might give this thing another 10 weeks and see how it goes. And so it's all this sort of, in my opinion, this short-term sort of thinking and short-term strategy from you from a business point of view.
0: And on that, um, uh, I guess, having to resell, one, that is, that is a... I guess, a hassle you don't want in your business. You don't have to keep doing that because it's a bit like i got to keep proving why, you know, someone should invest in me. The other thing is that you've got to keep in mind that stuff happens to people. Their kids might need braces, they, you know, school fees. And so if, if you're due for your fees at the same time that they've got other bills coming in and um, it's a large amount to pay, then guess who might miss out? And it's mm-hmm. definitely you're going to come second, like it or not. If you've got to ask for a large amount of cash and the school fees are there, so it just makes it easier for your clients to manage paying a smaller weekly fee regularly, they can put it into their budget rather than a larger upfront fee um, throughout the course of the year. So, yeah, very important. Uh, You mentioned tax, Brad, GST, and tax, and I've heard a couple of times of people saying, Well, you know, if I actually claim more of this money if, I actually, if it actually goes through the books. Because we, well, yeah, I understand cash is great, it's all exciting, you get it in your hands. Brad's has clearly demonstrated and talked about what the disadvantages of that are because you just spend the money and you haven't managed it properly. But I guess, um, what's your take, mate, on going, well, you know, if I, t- if I claim all this money, I'm then gonna start paying uh, more tax and more GST. What, what's What's your thoughts around that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Look, in in my opinion, if you're a legitimate person, and uh, number one, and and you claim to be a legitimate business person, then absolutely everything um, should be put through the books and should be um, appropriately claimed. Um, It's just, you know, in my opinion, for tracking purposes, for everything, like you don't want to run this semi thing where you've got a bit of official money in inverted commas and then a bit of cash coming in on the side. Um, You know, in my opinion, that's. a huge thing of uh, yesteryear. You want to be absolutely legitimate. More importantly, it's it's you want to track the growth of your business from day one. Now, tax, you know, pay more tax, Hey, we pay large tax bills, but you know, why do we get excited about that? Well, we know that we're earning lots of money. So my, my opinion right from the beginning is, is, is to go, you want to farm that money off straight away. So in your bank accounts, you want to set up two separate uh, bank accounts so your income comes into one account. You go into the bank and you'll set up a GST account. Those of you and those for our um, Australian listeners, of course, the GST is when you're earning 75 grand a year or greater. Um, And if you're not earning 75 grand a year yet, then once you get around us a bit more, get on our program, then you very soon will be. But you take off your GST first, which is 10% of your earning, and you put that straight into your GST account. You don't touch it, so you don't even see that money Secondly, uh, we recommend that you farm off some money for uh, tax. Now, how much tax? Well, it's, um, it's the, a recommendation is the following. Income tax is for an individual earning up to $80,000 a year, and this is the current figures, is 30%. 30% is also the amount for a company to pay. So whether you're an individual or a sole trader um, or you're a company, then roughly around about 30% is where you want to get have your tax um, set up. So what we recommend is once you've taken off your 10% for GST you would then take off 20% of the remaining figure and you would put that into a separate tax account that you wouldn't touch. So why 20%? Well, we realize that you'll also have a number of tax deductions. So you'll have a number of expenses that will be legitimate business expenses that you can claim at the end of the financial year. So as it works out if you if you are farming off that 20% that would typically be ample um, to, to pay your tax bill. You might even find that a lower figure could um, could definitely get you there. It could be as low as 15%. Um, however, we see um, 20% to be quite a um, you know quite a generous and conservative figure. We've you know I know in our business we've certainly got to the end of the tax year and had a surplus of um, cash left over because we've uh, farmed away that 20%. We've got to the end of the tax year, we've got the tax bill and we've paid it and we've had uh, left over a bunch of cash. So I guess it's a bit like Savings. Now that can obviously be a challenging thing for some people in the beginning because you're going, hold on, if I earn $100, then I really need that $100. And if you were to take away 10 of that straight away for GST and then another uh, $20 of that, that's $30. It's basically 30% of that amount, which is gone straight away. Um, And if you're going, hold on, I'm just not going to be able to survive, then my suggestion is you find a way in the beginning to even just get disciplined about it. So can you take a smaller percentage away at the beginning, just get into the habit of doing it, even if it's a couple of dollars, and then that couple of dollars turns into $5, and that $5 turns into $10, etc. So it's really the discipline and the habit of doing it consistently. So as that income increases, then you're not you're not setting yourself up for potentially a uh, rough time.
0: Yep, I agree 100, percent and uh, you know also if you want to start to make more wealth, generate more wealth, home loans, you want to get shares, portfolio, all those things, you're going to need to demonstrate that you're running a successful business and you've got the equity in there and it's profitable. So uh, it's important for many reasons outside of just you thinking in, in the moment and the day to day running. So uh, next I want to move on to is uh, I guess the actual uh, back to some of the uh, structure of the direct direct debit, Brad and. And, uh, and, and look at some of the objections we hear or some of the concerns, maybe we can call them, um, that stop uh, trainers from actually doing it. And I know it can all seem too hard. You know, I've got to go and, you know, find a company to use and, you know, then I've got to go and, you know, get my clients, you know, to start using it. And we, we know, we you and I know there's some concerns that come up around that. I guess um, let's cover off on some of the common ones. Uh, the, the first one I've, uh, I've got here is that who actually pays the fee, like, so I go and start up with PaySmart, EasyDebit, any of those. Am I now up for, um, you know, excessive fees I've got to pay to use this company? Mm,
1: so, Direct Debit is a totally free service to your business, or can be a totally free service to your business. So, right here in Australia, we've got several uh, different uh, reputable companies. The one that we use and recommend is FFA PaySmart, so we definitely recommend those guys. I've used them now for 15 years. And um, so the way that it works is there's two um, basic fees that they have and um, the first fee is a a setup fee so they'll set the client up with an account with a direct debit company and there's a fee attached to that Um, and secondly they do a transaction fee. So both of those fees are very small fees and um, through Create PT Wealth with FFA Pacemate you can get yourself a a 50% off deal on that setup fee so um, just call those guys up and mention our name. But, um, you know, so you want to pass that initial setup, uh, client setup fee on to the client. Um, for us, it's currently a $5.50 setup fee, and that's what it is at, at current. So it's a very small investment for the person to get started. And secondly, the fortnightly transaction fee is $1.95, and so that's per fortnight. So it works out to be just less than a dollar per week. So, now look, our advice to everybody is in, right from the outset, you pass those um, fees, associated fees, on to your new client. And in the delivery, it's very simple. So as you're explaining the process, um, you'll pull out the direct debit paperwork. You'll say, look, we use an external billing company which helps automate our payment process. Uh, just a couple of things to know uh, when you're on our direct debit service. Number one is we have an initial one, time so $5.50 setup fee. And then um, per fortnight, there's just a $1.95 per transaction fee, which works out to less than a dollar per week. Um, of course, if your potential client's then paying with, credit card, they would also incur the merchant fees as well. So what it means is you've got a totally free service to your business. Um, Not only that, is that the back end of these um, systems are excellent in terms of tracking and seeing what people are doing. So no more do you have to go and create Excel spreadsheets and do all this sort of stuff. It's for the whole client histories in there. Not only that that you can project and see what income's coming into your business based on what sort of terms and conditions people signed up for. So we can look ahead into our business and, and we can see for the next year and even beyond a year, up to 18 months, um, what projected income we have coming into our business. And really, if you're having a look at valuing your business, if you're having a look at your, what's coming up for you, you, that's a really valuable tool to have.
0: That's excellent. Yeah, I couldn't agree. Uh, makes life a lot, hell of a lot easier, that's for sure. So... Um, I worked it out that over a course of a year, it's about fifty dollars that um, the client would pay. You know, for the small transactions, and mm. and really what you're doing is you're taking a burden away from them as well because they don't have to go to the bank. Another example of um, what we've seen um, happen is that you could factor that the that fifty dollars over a course of year into the pricing of your PT, and you know you're effectively saying to them that you're paying for it, but the client is because you factored it into your, your costing. So that's another way to do it we've never had an issue or seen an issue with um you know the 190 the 195 per per fortnight transaction because people when you deliver the message correctly it's um it just makes it an easier service for them so mm.
1: look in the 15 years um, I've been using I know here in this um, in our business here 6 plus years we use a direct debit system really effectively i mean we just i mean i can probably count um, on one hand the amount of times i've had someone bring up some resistance to it. So, like, yeah, I'd say in 15 years and thousands of people doing it, you know, less than five people have have created some resistance and it's um, the resistance that I've had with those less than five people has been something like, look, I've done direct debit before um, and, you know, I was in a gym membership and I tried to get out of it and I couldn't. I've had a bit of a bad experience with it. That's, That's like the worst case scenario I've ever heard, you know, and so they're going... You know, I prefer just to, just to buy a pack and pay up front, but it's a very, very minute percentage. It's 0.001% or something like that.
0: <laughs> and just um, just on that, that leads me to my next question, isn't, and that's that whole thing. Um, and look, mainly I, I, it can happen, but you saw the example there where you, you heard the example from Brad saying it's a very small number, and I would agree having a gym too, it was a very small number of people that ever had an issue with it. But what um, what we hear from a lot of trainers is they can take on that belief, or they can have that own concern coming from their from themselves, and not so much the client, and that gets delivered in the in the process. When someone's um, like as a PT, if they've got a concern that people don't like contracts, um, then that's going to be delivered in their message when they're when they're talking about direct evidence. So Brad, I guess um, you know why not just cover it because you know trainers might be sitting there going, well, I don't use direct debit because people people don't like contracts. And you know, you and I both know that's BS because we've been doing it for so long, We you know, it's crap. But um, you know, I'm gonna be straight at the point on that one. Uh, but let's cover it um, yeah. as a terms of going, we know it's coming, resistance is coming more from the trainer, but let's let's talk about what, what if someone did say, you know, how would we set this whole thing up? How would we deliver the message of the uh, direct debit, you yeah. know, to a client?
1: Absolutely. Look, in our experience in, in our opinion, it comes back to all um, the way that you set up your fees and your structure. So. For example, if we're talking about um, one-on-one personal training, and let's say, for example, that you set your one-on-one personal training rate at eighty dollars per session, and you're going, okay, my standard one-on-one rate is eighty dollars per session. Um, so if someone could rock up and pay that eighty dollars with you, um, so and that's what you'd like to collect, okay? That's the money you'd like to come, you know, have coming into your bank account. My suggestion, my recommendation, would be something like this: is that we'd get your direct debit rate and we'd set up your direct debit rate at, let's say, $79, all right? So you're $1 off your $80. Uh, Why $79? Well, the the conversation that can enter the client's mind is that, you know, it's in the 70s. um, It's less than $80. So that's your direct debit rate. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take that $80 rate that you wanted to get paid for a single session. I'm going to alter that as well. So I'm now going to make that $80, $90. All right, so I've just given you a $10 pay increase. Nice work for that. Um, But really, the... The whole method behind this is that we want to get people enticed enough and make it an absolute no-brainer, they're going to do a direct debit rate. So when you present your fee structure, and I definitely recommend you have a, a fee structure put together, and that will be the topic of a whole other podcast we'll be speaking of. Uh, but as you present that, the... You'll, be, you'll have your fee set out on your sheet and you'll go, well, my single session rate, and some people can come along and pay for a single session, but that's $90 for a single session. However, my greatest discount rate is my direct debit rate, and that's $79 per session. So straight away, what happens to the end user is they're going, well, do I want to pay the extra $11 and just pay as I go? Or do I want to get the greatest discount? Um, and, you know, do the direct debit rate. So straight away, the conversation that's entered the client's mind is they've gone, well, it makes an absolute no-brainer. Also, the way it's presented is that we would say, um, look, 90-plus percent of our clients use our direct debit service, so, you know, do you prefer the, to pay the larger fees or do you just prefer to pay as you go and get the greatest discount? And the, the, the way that the client responds to that in 99% of cases is look, I just prefer to pay as I go, and I go, yeah, that makes sense. That's why ninety plus percent of our clients do it.
0: The other thing is that we've got to get clear on is that it's not a contract; it's it's a form, it's a direct debit form that can be um, stopped at any time. And so, once again, we're Brad and I, we never we never have to say this. Like that's what I'm trying to get across here. Brad's trying to get across. However, we're saying this more for the, for your benefit to hear it. If you've got some reservations about this, so. If it got to that point, and so you're clear on it, it is not a contract. With the gym, yeah, they get you to write in writing that you've got to give three months in, writing, notice, et cetera, et cetera, because, and you know, I get it from a big from a big gym point of view that they've got massive overheads. They they need to have that predictable income coming in, give some time to replace people, all the rest of it. People have had some bad experiences, primarily because of their own fault. They've just not gone to the gym and they've been getting billed. So that's the reality for most people. Yep, there's been some cases where people uh, gyms have done the wrong thing. But back to the point, it's not a contract, and you need to be very clear on that with uh, your people if it comes up. So, what you may have because the direct debit form is just a form. Like people can ring their bank up, stop it. That's that's no issue. What we're going to be, um, what you're going to be clear on, and this is another session, another podcast again, is. Um, with structuring your fees is what do you have a minimum term or not, Brad? You never had a minimum term; it was just pay as you go, which mm. is what I like to say rather than direct debit. It's like you're going to go on our pay as you go service. It sounds better than direct debit, all that stuff, in my opinion. Mm. Um, uh, but you never had a direct. You never had a minimum term. People could they they were very much aware that they could stop at any time because you had such a great service to back it up that people just continued. So. Mm. Yeah, we,
1: um, we originally were selling packs. So we were selling large packs, 10s, 25s, and 50 packs, and they were incredibly popular. I found that 25s and 50s were the most popular for us. Um, that's where people were getting the, um, the, you might say, the best rate. However, again, back to my original part of the convo today is that that massively affected our cash flow. So we'd get in a few grand for a 50-pack, and, of course, we'd have to service that client. So when we switched over to direct debit, it was excellent. We uh, massively steered them away from packs, the packs actually became a more expensive option, so it became another reason why people wouldn't do them, uh, and they would be um, put into a direct debit. But what we found is that, you know, even with where we had a minimum term, is that people stayed. Um, they didn't once they were happy with it, they didn't want to leave. So we just switched that around, and um, that was probably in the days when no contracts, um, you know, in my opinion, might have been a little bit of a standout. Now they're um, they're pretty uh, they're pretty common. Um, so. Um, we, um, we pretty much had that in place but what we found now in our um, internship and our mentoring and coaching programs around the country, we've got many of our different clients running all sorts of different systems and we've seen many of our clients run three month minimum terms for personal training um, and even up to 12 month minimum terms for personal training and we've seen that model now work incredibly successfully. Um, in one instance, for example, um, Haley Beckett over in Perth, who's implemented a system like that. There's two options. It's very in very similar ways. It's a similar program. The benefits that somebody gets um, are very similar. This is for one personal training session a week, plus some extra bonuses, some body assessments, etc. And so the 12-month option, it works out to being $79 per week. Sorry, in the 12-month option, it works out to be $99 per week ongoing. Uh, that's every week, and that's for, for a 12 month agreement. But if a person wants to do a shorter term, let's say a three month agreement, then that same package is $119 per week. So they do get the option to go for a shorter term. However, they do pay a privilege for that. And I definitely like that system. I've seen it work really well. Um, and again, it, it puts the power back to the, the end user or the buyer. They get to choose. And so if they're going, hold on, I would, you know, I, I prefer not to make this commitment over 12 months then I prefer to make it for a shorter term that they get that option. On the flip side, if someone's going, well, I want to get the cheapest possible rate, then they will go for the 12-month option. They go, I'm not I'm not going anywhere. Health is a priority to me. Um, so I'm not moving out of the area. I'm not going to stop training or any of that sort of stuff. Then um, they'll go for the, the more economical option.
0: Yeah, it's a great points in there. And, and really what um, we see and I see especially is when people are doing deciding direct debit or um, uh, is it a three month? If people just copy other people, what's what everyone else is doing, and that's not a great that's not a great way to structure your business. So you really have to look at your business model. Like so, what worked for Brad and his business um, may not necessarily work for you because you don't know the in depth behind the scenes of Brad. So you can look at Brad's business from the surface and go, well, oh he's doing it like that. I must do it like that too. But you, if you unless you really know their delivery, their backup, all that stuff. It may not work, so we've seen everything where people have had a higher uh, retention rate, and we've had people that have had a high um, people are dropping off. And so, what they need to put in place is, um, you know, a two-week notice period, so they have time to replace those clients. And that's all done for the initial setup, you know. So when you're doing the whole direct debit part, so you've got to think about securing yourself, your business. So. Um, It might also tell you that if you're getting a high dropout rate that's a bit of a clue instead of getting frustrated with it go well what aren't we doing well if this is the case is it what's going on in our business that we need to fix so are we doing a good job of getting people in doing the sales but then they're dropping off six weeks later and if that's a common trend you have to ask yourself what why is this happening you need to find that out. so it, there's clues in everything in your business. But I guess what Brad was saying is just look at your model, look at how you want to structure it. Mm. And, you know, it's a, it's, an, it's a business, but it's also your security. You've got to make sure that you're doing the best job to make sure your business is more predictable, and that's really what we're talking about. Mm. Um, that We talk about direct debit, but it's really a lot bigger than that.
1: Mm. We've been talking heavily about uh, one-on-one personal training as well, that sort of service. So I'd like to switch over to boot camps now. So if you're running some sort of boot camp, um, functional fitness box, CrossFit box, um, or um, outdoor boot camp program, then the recommendation is you want to have your direct debit set up as well. So, far too frequently I've seen the classic, you know, old school, I call it boot camp model, where it's, you know, you pay 10 bucks a go, you turn up, We uh, if you turn up, you, you pay, we punch your card. If you don't turn up, well, it looks like you don't pay, we miss out on the money, so it could either be a good day or a bad day for you, whether people rock up or not. So if you've got um, you know, 10 people there and they're paying 10 bucks a go, that's 100 bucks a session. And that may or may not be a good thing for you. You might be going, oh, that's great. Or you might be going, okay, maybe I want some more. On the flip side, if you get two people turn up, then there's 20 bucks for you. And it, it, that model is just incredibly hit and miss. And I definitely wouldn't recommend it. Again, the model we've seen work most successfully across the country here in Australia we have so many of the people on our program implement this sort of style, is the membership-based model, where we, what we're selling here is an end result with people. Um, and the way it would work uh, would be, you know, if, you, if you pull out a pen and paper now so you can write this down, it might make it a little bit easier while you're listening to the podcast, is that if someone, this is all done on a weekly basis. So if someone was to come along and train with you once a week, it would be $29 per week. If they were to come and train twice a week at your boot camp, it would be $39 per week. Train three times a week, it would be $49 per week. And to come to unlimited classes, let's say you're running up to five or more boot camps per week or group programs, it would be $55 per week. So what you'll hear is that they're all on a per-week basis um, and the cost per session changes quite dramatically. So if someone was to come once a week, it's $29 per session. If they were to come twice per week, that it comes down to $19.50 per session. If they come in three times per week, we're down to around about $16 a session. And if they come in five times a week to your unlimited model, they can get it for as low as $11 per session. So quite a, a dramatic difference there, you would notice. Now, people are paying on direct debit, so they pay whether they turn up or not, so they're securing their spot in the program. You can create your own terms and conditions. It's your business. You get to choose what you have in there. People can cancel. So what you have in there is a clause that says, look, you can cancel, but we just need you to give us a month's notification because we've figured out it takes around about that long to replace you in our program because what you're doing is you're securing your spot in our program. Um, You could have some other terms and conditions. If someone's coming twice a week and they're paying you $39 per week, which works out to be $19.50 per session, and let's say they're sick for one of their days, they've locked in for Tuesdays and Thursdays. You can have an option there for them to be able to do makeup sessions. So you can, you, you can say words of the effect of you can come to one of our other boot camps should you miss it. Uh, we just need you to uh, put forward some notice to us via email and let us know so we can uh, make, make sure that we've got allocated space in our program for you. So I call it the membership model for group programs and boot camps. That's one of them. We've got several different models you could implement in these sort of places. Uh, we've worked with a lot of functional fit. Box uh, fitness box owners, a lot of CrossFit box owners. We've got several different models that we've played around and explored in there. So uh, trust me, that's just one example of many we could put into your business.
0: And a big shout out to the um, the CrossFit up the Sunshine Coast, Cloundra. It's called the Iron Lion. So, Lukey, mate, well done on the new uh, the, the, the CrossFit box up there, mate. And if you're uh, if even if you're up there, you're a trainer and you want to want an uh, extreme workout, go and see the guys at Iron Lion. It's a, it's a fantastic facility. Um, now, look, I guess uh, we've been talking a lot about uh, the direct debit side of things and um, one, of the, one of the questions you might be sitting there still asking is, it all makes sense. I definitely now know I need to do this for uh, several reasons that we've discussed. I guess the next question is, Ray. Well, if I've got all my clients paying cash, direct deposit into my account, yeah. I even heard um, from a, a someone I was talking the other day that they're getting paid by checks. I didn't even know those things still existed, <laughs> but That's they're right. off trotting down the bank, having to spend time um, putting checks in the bank, which I could think of anything better to do. Uh, and this person agreed as well. Uh, how do you, how would we go about making the tran- transition? So, yeah. I mean, I know when I had the gym, my gym, everyone was paying cash, you know. Can you imagine having a thousand odd members that then you gotta get over to direct debit? You know, I could tell you that was, that was no small feat. Um, but I guess my example is if you only got 10, 15, 30, whatever clients, it's, it's, to me it would be a walk in the park after doing that. But how, how would we go about um, getting people to go over from cash Direct debit, right? Yeah, What's the process? Sure, I definitely
1: recommend in the first instance you wanna you wanna put forward the compelling reason as to why this is going to be beneficial for both parties. So number one, from you as a business owner, look, you wanna you wanna be doing what you're good at, and that's you know being able to service your people, run your business, etc. etc. So the more you can streamline it, the better. So if people are paying into your account, that is not direct debit, because you've got to be getting on your bank account every day, checking the bank balance, checking if people paid you. If for some reason they haven't paid you, you know you're starting to stress out because the money hasn't come in, it's not it's not the way to do it, it's not the way to run your business, it's not direct debit. Alright, so you wanna say so you want to put forward to your clients and go, you know, look what we're doing is we're streamlining the way that we do business here at our, our company. What it means is that we're using an external billing company, they're gonna look after that part of it. It takes it means that there's a lot less work that I have to do, and it means that I've got a lot more time to devote to my clients. I've got a lot more energy to put into what I do best, and that's what I want to do. I want to look after my clients in a better way. So the compelling reason. From the client's perspective, pretty much these days, you know, everything gets paid on direct debit. So everything from insurance, home insurance, you know, rents, you know, you name it. You can pretty much set everything up on direct debit. People can budget and then people can set their cash flow up most appropriately for that. Um, if you're going to put that message forward and how you're going to do it, you want to, in my opinion, have some sort of compelling reason. The way we've seen work really successfully with people on our program is to have a rate increase at the same time. So it might work a bit like this. You're getting paid 80 bucks a session and your current, your current clients are paying 80 bucks a session and... Um, you know, you they're paying you cash or check, if that still exists, or straight to your bank account. But what you do is you let them know that you send out a letter or you pass on a letter to them, to say words of the effect of "Just let you know that as of this particular date, in the next four weeks' time, my rate will be changing. The current rate is eighty dollars per session, and you've been a long, long, a good long-term loyal client. Just let you know that the fee for service will be changing to a hundred dollars per session for all of my new clients coming in." So that's more or less saying that for every new client that comes in after that date, they're going to be paying a higher fee, which is $100 per session. However, you've been a good long-term client of mine. You've been one of our VIP clients, and I'd like to reward you for that. So as of this date, we'll be doing two things. Number one, we're going to be switching over to this new direct debit system, which is going to automate everything. And And what I'm also going to do is leave you on your current rate. And that is now my direct debit rate. It's my greatest discount rate. If you don't want to pay the old school way, you don't want to pay in cash or, or do something different, then you will be charged the $100 fee, and that's what I'll be asking from you. However, in my opinion, they switching to the direct debit is going to be the most economical option for you. So the conversation, again, that enters the client's mind is, wow, this per, this trainer of mine, this really cares for me, looks after me, has me on the VIP list, I'm feeling well looked after, and switching over to direct debit is an absolute no-brainer for them
0: yeah and look a lot of clients that come through our coaching and mentoring programs you know we we assist them hold their hand and uh you know with these templates and tools but you know as brad described um you know it's not that challenging to do it but uh yeah, that's that these are the systems that we have in place and that we pass on just to make that life a lot easier for our students so it's um You know, it's a really effective, streamlined process. Uh, Look, we're coming to the end uh, of this podcast, uh, but what I want to do is is finish off on, I guess, one last point, and it's just a suggestion. You know, this is not uh, make or break. Uh, However, what I would recommend, because we've been talking about you being in control of your business and the financial side of it, rather than leaving it to your clients to pay you by check, cash, uh, deposit in your bank. It's really about you taking back the control make your business a lot more secure. The, the last tip that I've, I've seen that uh, I think works really well and uh, is to be in advance. So if a new client was to come on board with, with you, it's actually so they're a, a week ava- in advance of paying you. So they don't do the session and then they have got to pay you. So I see that a lot happening. So a lot of the times a new client will come on, the, trainer, the trainer's done the session with the client, and maybe they're not getting paid to the following week or whatever. You need to be in, a, in advance, in my opinion. So um, we're going to get started, Brad. Um, that, that payment will come out, you know, as of today or tomorrow. So they're already in advance of the session. So if something happens with the payment, doesn't go through or whatever, that you've got your money, but you've also been made aware that that has happened before you've done the session. I've seen too many times where you go, oh, well, John... He actually owes me for three or four sessions, so I've done the work. So my advice is always have people paying in advance so you're not out of pocket. um, And that'd be my uh, last tip on that. Um,
1: Absolutely. I think we've um, uh, convincingly concluded that for you, if you haven't got it, get the direct debit set up. um, And also, you know, some of those massive tips on how to deliver that most effectively. You just want to make it... An absolute no-brainer for people so that, you know, it's not this option of going, gee, I'll have a think about it. It's like it's just this is the way that we do it. This is the way that we do business, it's our terms and conditions. You know, for many of the people who do our program, they have no other option. There is only way you can one way you can pass and that's via direct debit.
0: Yep. Yeah. Here's my last question for you, Brad and, and for myself and for everybody who's listening. This is another one of those just of uh, just sort of it up on the spot. If you could bring back someone famous who's who's passed away and dead, well, that would be because they passed away, of course. Um, well, who would it be? So, who would you want to bring back if there was someone famous that you could bring back?
1: Uh, I'd say Elvis.
0: Elvis. Mm. Mm, that's yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I, yeah. I was actually going to say um, a why first. Is there any any particular I'd, reason?
1: I'd go. Um, I'd go to Vegas with him. Um, I would drink lots of beer with him, eat burgers, and you know, just get him to sing and you know, strum and you know, I drum, and we'd have a great time.
0: Elvis, that's a cool one, because I guess there's, uh, you know, a lot more to offer. If I, I was thinking Bruce Lee, I would have loved to have um Bruce Lee still be alive and see, you know, because one, I really love his uh, his philosophies, but also um, to see where he would have thought and what he would have thought about the new style of martial arts, because he was really the guy who started to break away from t- traditional martial arts. So, yeah, I would, I would love to see where, you know, he would have taken the whole realm of um, martial arts in the day and age. So... Mm.
1: Cool, so you you do something on the healthy side of
0: things and i am drunk. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, another piece of the puzzle unraveled from uh, a bit of insight to Brad and I, how we think and what we're into. Uh, but look, I hope you, I just, you've been uh, able to take some great tips away from the, these podcasts. Look, really, um, Mark Twain had a saying that a person that can read, it won't, is no better off than the person who, um, who, can, who can't read. So it's really vital that you're getting this information. Um, it's free content for you. It's going to remain free and of no value unless you go and action it. So make sure that if, if this has really struck a chord with you, make some action steps. Don't just leave it as, that was a great podcast, because we hear that. People go, oh, loving your podcast, that's great. Brad and I always ask, are you implementing the stuff that we're talking about? So make a list now before you do anything else. Okay, I'm going to ring PaySmart, EasyDebit. I'm going to uh, check at least two or three of these mobs. By the end of the week or by Monday next week, I'm going to decide who I'm going to use. I'm going to have it set up. Then by the end of the following week, I'm going to have the letter drafted up. I'm going to start talking to the clients. I'm going to use the process as the boys talked about. And that means by another week, I'm going to have all my clients using this direct debit system. If it's setting up a bank account for your tax reduced GST, that Brad said, make sure these things go in place so otherwise it's just another good bit of information that doesn't get used so that's my tip rip into it and uh you know make yourself as successful as you can be in this industry
1: yeah i'll see you all next time